Hey, everybody out there. Matthew with the Jio uh, Nation podcast. Uh, my last few podcasts have been very interesting. A lot of traveling involved. Some on a train, some on a plane. Now I am on a highway called I-696. I have traveled on this highway ever since I started driving. It links St. Clair Shores with Troy, Michigan. And uh, it is where a lot of my friends have lived. Uh, some have lived down at the end of 696. Some have lived at the beginning of 696. So I-696 is uh, as, as a welcome home as you can get for me. I'm uh, driving my mom's car on a fairly brisk morning uh, on the day before New Year's Eve, the 30th of December. Now, um, it's not cold as it should be. I should be in uh, feet of snow or at least ice and uh, my breath coming out as white clouds of vapor. But instead, I'm wearing a jacket and jeans and tennis shoes and all the snow stuff I brought from Ningbo as far as I, I brought all my Everest stuff uh, just in case. Last time I had come to Michigan to visit my family, it was snowing and I thought, wow, it'd be nice to bring all my wool, this and that and have a, a real prepared time so I can be all nice and cozy and warm and lo and behold, I don't need any of it. What a waste. One thing that I did bring that is warm and cozy and comfortable was my Santa suit. And uh, I got to wear it out a little bit. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I donned it on Christmas Day. Actually, the first time was Christmas Eve at a party. I, uh, I left the party as Matthew, went out into the street, stripped down with the trunk open, put on my Santa suit, and then came back and just gave everybody a shock because my Santa is extremely um, loud, I think. I think that if you're going to be Santa and you really want to capture the imagination of the kids and you really want to make an imprint on their lives, you come in there, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Oh, where are the boys and girls? And, you know, you have that, you know, heavy voice and you're extremely loud and because that's what Santa is. He's a big, fat, jolly guy that his only mission is to make me people happy. And so I went there and uh, it was funny because most of the people at the party didn't even know me. They saw Matthew, the guy that was the brother of the, you know, my sister who was married to, to Andrew, which everybody seemed to know. But uh, beyond that, no one knew me. I didn't know anybody. So when I left and actually came back to Santa Claus, it was a big surprise to everybody. And uh, there was only a half dozen kids there, but they all, you know, were extremely excited. And I was able to kind of like uh, put them on my lap and ask them if they've been good or bad. Have you been a good boy this year? Oh, ho, ho, I'm sure you're not naughty, you know, and uh, and uh, make some jokes. Even Grandma uh, sat on my lap, and we had a big row of that. It was fun. Uh, so I went to bed that Christmas uh, Eve and uh, woke up extremely early. My, my jet lag this year has been insane. I just cannot quite catch up. I keep taking a nap around four o'clock and then waking up at midnight. 
I get a nice full of sleep, but what the hell am I going to do after midnight? And then I try to sleep more, and I've actually slept quite a bit on this. Uh, and as far as a rest and recuperate session, it's probably done me very well. Anyways, I, uh, I, I, I wanted to get up early because uh, my nieces, Victoria and uh, the uh, extremely young Savannah, who uh, hopefully will remember Santa Claus, I didn't want to muddle the Matthew and Santa Claus question. Hey, where's Matt? Hey, Santa Claus is here. Where's Matt? And then as soon as Santa Claus disappears, Matt comes back, you know? So instead of what I did is I said, let the kids know that I spent the night somewhere else. And the only thing that they will realize is that Santa gave them a special Christmas morning visit. So I knocked on the door at uh, seven in the morning, heavy handed. And my sister answered the door. Oh, my God. Look who it is. Ho, ho, ho. Victoria and Savannah. Where are those little girls? I have been having a very long night and I want to give them a very special Christmas. So I, Santa Claus uh, came by and handed out all the gifts to them in the morning. And uh, they uh, you know, hopefully will never forget their personal visit from Santa Claus on uh, Christmas morning. After I left uh, my sister and uh, the kids, uh, obviously, my Santa suit is extremely hot. I designed it so that I could walk around China during wintertime and hand out gifts outside. It's got a pair of pants, a jacket, a belly suit, a big hat, and a jacket. And, I mean, a cloak. I don't want to call it a jacket. It's a cloak. Along with my boots, my little eyeglasses, and, you know, uh, my beard and my wig. Uh, which are beautiful. They're amazing wig and, and wig and hat. I'll put some pictures on the podcast. So when you don them and you have them all on, it's extremely hot, like hot, hot. Like uh, I've been kind of depressed that Michigan this time of year has not been prototypically uh, like it normally is. And uh, it's been kind of warm because I could really have used that cold as Santa Claus to kind of keep me uh, in stasis. Instead, I was sweating like bullets. And, uh, you know, Santa Claus can hang out all day. He's a busy guy. So I just jump in and then I helped him uh, unwrap the gifts and, and give out the gifts. And then Santa Claus had to go. So Santa Claus moved on. But I didn't want to just waste my Santa costume. I wanted to kind of do some more things with it. So I, uh, I made a uh, special Santa visit first to my dad. My dad didn't even know that I was in Detroit or in Michigan at all. He thought I was in China. So uh, I used my Santa costume as an opportunity to uh, give him a uh, real uh, Christmas uh, surprise. And uh, I put on the whole suit, walked up to the door, knocked on the door, and uh, heard him come to the door. Thank God. Uh, I was worried that he was going to be away at church. And he answers the door, and uh, the, the look on his face is exactly what I was going for, which was like a sh uh, just pure shock, shock and awe. He had a very similar look to the looks that the kids give me, a mouth agape, eyes kind of open, just kind of a couple of steps back, like, holy cow, what is this? And uh, the funny thing was it took him, a, took him a, quite some time to recognize who I was. So uh, he didn't even know who I was, and so I was able to play the game with him and 
Uh, it's it's awesome because my dad was always the guy that would like to do the special surprise on us, and and for me to be able to kind of pass it back to him in a happy and jolly and fun way, you know, hey, surprise, I've, you know, I've got cancer. I'm, hi, surprise, I, I'm missing a foot, you know, no, none of that, you know, but hey, surprise, I'm home for the holidays. Yeah, how, how, do, you, how do you get better than that? So uh, he was shocked, and uh, then my, my uh, stepmom, uh, Sandy, wonderful woman. She she walks into the scene and she couldn't even figure out who I was. And my dad was even saying, Matt, oh my God. By that time he had known who I was, but I was not breaking character. Ho, 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 Sandy. Merry Christmas. You know, and I gave my, my uh, uh, stepmom a, a hug and she uh, kind of caught on by the end. And I had added on on video. I have the video. I'll put it on my pod, on, on the podcast page because it was really a special moment. I'm glad I captured it. So I spent some time catching up with my dad, but Santa Claus had to have a busy Christmas day. So he moved on. And in my full Santa garb, I tried to find whoever I could that was in my circle of friends and family that had kids in the right age, you know. Once you're in, like, over 10 or 12, kids start to appreciate Santa less, and you start to lose that that childlike wonder. And so I had to find some kids that were, you know, in, in that range, that Goldilocks zone of, of really appreciating who Santa was. And I found that with uh, my friend Chad. Chad had just moved to a new house this year, and the kids, uh, his, his two kids, Sam and Luke, they didn't know if Santa would remember where they were this year. They thought maybe Santa would deliver all the gifts to the old house. And uh, I had kind of previously set it up with uh, Chad, my friend, and said, you know, I'll stop by a Santa Claus and give him a, a, a personal, you know, holiday welcome. So I snuck up and I had to park my car a couple of down, a couple of, you know, houses down so that the kids didn't see me. I didn't want to spoil the surprise. And uh, I had Chad even put some gifts aside, like hidden in the car. He left the car unlocked so that I could pick them out. And so when Santa actually arrived, this big surprise, he actually had two gifts, one for Luke and another for Sam. It was, uh, I can only imagine, uh, as, as pleasurable for them as it was for me because I got a lot of out, a lot out of it too. And their faces, I mean, they're, they're not Santa, Santa. They're, they're like so shocked that it's almost like, uh, like slap in the face, you know, wake up, wake up, because their mouths are agape, their eyes are wide open, and they're just staring, surprised at this, you know, Santa Claus came to visit. And it's not Santa that looks like dad or uncle so-and-so or, you know, it is a, a truly unique Santa Claus that, uh, you know, looks like Santa. Uh, really, really great. And so I visited with, with them after I left uh, their house and gave them their gifts, uh, I went uh, and looked through my Rolodex, tried to find another person that had some kids. And, and there was a friend of mine, Eliza, who is a good friend of my sister from high school. And, and I knew that they had some kids and just happenstance because I, I felt like it was a waste if I just took off Santa and then no more Santa Claus. I mean, Christmas Day has to be Santa. So uh uh, I, I sent a text, a real r desperate sort of text to Eliza. I said, would you like Santa to come and visit the kids? She's like, are you sure? I said, of course. I, I, I literally, I need to. <laughs> like, I need to visit your kids because I, I, I want to. You know, that was the mission of me bringing the suit home. So 
I, uh, I went to their house directly after leaving Chad's and, uh, they left the door open for me and I kind of hunted through the house. Ho, ho, ho. Julianne and Thomas, where are the, where are the kids here? You know, and I walked around and, and I, you know, Juliana came out and she was just wide eyed and big mouth, like, oh my God, Santa's visiting me and gave everybody a big hug and took some pictures. And, you know, I, I didn't necessarily give out any gifts. This was really not pre-planned, but I was able to tie off one last really special Santa visit. And, uh, I've even checked back with them, uh, and, uh, they can't stop talking about their personal visit from Santa. So I think that I've done really well for uh, this year's introduction of Santa Claus. I'm hoping that there's maybe a New Year's party where I can do one more, uh, maybe just as a fun visit, like as a picture opportunity, because I have the suit. Actually, it's in the back of the, this car right now, and uh, maybe I'll whip it out one more time for, for, for everybody. Oh, no, no, I did one more. I visited my grandpa, <laughs> which is funny because my grandpa... Uh, listens to the podcast, and he knew that I was coming by, and I knocked on the door as Santa Claus, and, and I heard my grandpa say, Is that Matt? <laughs> I'm half uh, bummed that they listened to the podcast, and I spo- they spoiled the surprise, but I'm also really happy that they share in, in, in the content I put out, so I can't complain. My dad was completely surprised, and I feel the same way and opposite. Like, I'm very happy that he didn't listen to my podcast and he didn't know I was coming, but I'm also disappointed that he's not quite as caught up <laughs> on my journey as, uh, say, Grandpa and, and Grammy. Either way, I'm, uh, I'm happy that I can share these moments with them. Okay, I was just checking my uh, phone because I'm approaching the destination of this ride today. Which is why I decided to write up, do the podcast in the first place. I felt like this was a milestone moment, which we can split into a before and after. Uh, I am driving to a uh, sports doctor. Um, it's been a lot more difficult to find somebody to look at my knee than I thought it would be. Um, I assumed that I could just call a orthopedic center, tell him I have cash, and I have a problem, and I have my MRIs and x-rays, and I'd like to have somebody give me a consult, an educated consult. Um, But uh, they said, well, you don't have health insurance, so we don't even want to talk to you. And then I called the next one. You don't have insurance? We don't want to talk to you. And you know what? You need x-rays and MRIs from us. And I'm like, well, you know, I paid $100 for an MRI in China. How much is an MRI here? You know, it's like two, three thousand dollars, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, did I make a mistake on coming back? Am I not even going to be able to be, you know, really looked at? You know, I was starting to fret. Um, so I, I kind of expressed this disappointment to my uh, brother-in-law, who is a uh, uh, nurse, and he uh, made some calls and leveraged his experience to get me a uh, upfront visit with a doctor in uh, uh, Farmington Hills. Yeah, I think it's Farmington Hills. The doctor's name is Christy Smith, and uh, she deals in sports medicine and sports therapy, apparently. She does all the collegiate athletes and some high-ranking athletes. It's it's really perfect. I didn't want to go to an orthopedic surgeon 
because as my brother-in-law put it, he's like, if you go uh, to one of those guys, everything is a nail and they're going to hit it with surgery, you know, in their eyes, you know, the surgery is the solution to everything. And, and with Everest, uh, where it is, I cannot have uh, a surgery. It's just going to put me uh, too far uh behind as far as recouping my body and I just don't want to go into this. I want to see if I can bring my knee up to par without needing uh, needing the surgical options. So this is really great. She'll be able to give me some therapy options, uh, even hopefully give me the first therapy treatment uh, scheduling and then I can take the therapy back to Ningbo with me and recoup the rest of the way there. So I'm excited about that. So I'm headed to that appointment right now I don't know if I'll be able to record anything while I'm in there, but at least I'll be able to uh, set this podcast up so that when I finish, I can continue, you know, from there. So I got a lot, about 10 more minutes before I arrive to the, to the exit. I, uh, I'm praying and hoping that they give me a good solution. I also pray and hope that they give me an educated uh, and well thought out uh um, diagnosis. You know, it's one thing to look at a scan for five minutes, you know, and say, you know, oh, this is your problem. But it's another to say, uh, I see this, I see this and this, these are cause for worry. And this is the solution for that. And this is a not, or this, you know, like really look at it from an educated point of view and, uh, and give me the lowdown. So I'm interested in, uh, in seeing that. Anyways, so far, uh, my trip has been extremely nice. I've been able to spend some time with my family and rest quite a bit. I've been sleeping like a monster these days. My, my jet lag just can't seem to let go. I'm falling asleep at 4 p.m. and sleeping until midnight on a regular basis, and it's just not good. Um, uh, so hopefully I can balance that out and find out some good news from the dock and uh, have a fantastic new year because 2016 is starting. Where should I be right now? Had many, you know, uh, chips not fallen the way they did uh, so far, I could be a number of different places. Uh, so many, so many options in life, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm driving to a deciding fork in the road that's going to dictate how the next uh, four months of my life is going to go. Just like meeting Ryan uh, encouraged me to travel in the first place. And then just like, um, you know, leaving the time I did uh, caused a pain in my knee, which, allowed, which caused the trip to Taiwan, which in turn uh, was cut short and got back on the road. There's so many you know, what ifs and, and, you know, had my knee not had a problem, I, we would be in, in Southern Taiwan. Had I left earlier, we'd be Southeast Asia. Had I not gotten in the car accident last year, where would I be by now? The new year really gives you a uh, time to reflect on, you know, where you are, where you've been and be thankful for the path that you've taken. I, I don't regret anything, you know, you can't regret the choices that you make in your life because you never know where you would have gone if you would have chosen X instead of Y or Y instead of X. So, you know, my life might have been better in a hundred different ways and it could have also been worse in a hundred 
and uh, what is worse but an interpretation of, uh, of circumstances. So I don't necessarily believe that in any way it could have been worse or better. It would have just been different, you know. And uh, you have to appreciate the uh, place that you're in, whatever that place is, you know. So uh, I am going to find out very soon what this next, you know, turn is going to take and where I'm going to go from from here. So I'm, uh, I'm praying and hoping that uh, things go well. And I'm excited because however they do turn, um, it's going to be a progression of the life that I want to live, which is uh, travel and adventure, and uh, I won't let much get in my way. <laughs> so, Jayo, wish me luck, and I will catch up with you um, after I leave the doctors. Oh, all right. I am uh, just finished with my appointment with uh, Dr. Christy Smith at the DMC Sports Medicine Center on Orchard Lake Road. And uh, I got to admit, this is uh, a really, really uh, professional outfit here. <laughs> on the way over, I had said, oh, they do some college students and stuff. But when you drive up, they actually have the three logos of the three sports teams in in Southeast Michigan, the Detroit Tigers, the Detroit Red Wing hockey team, and the Detroit Pistons. Uh, these are the people that are taking care of uh, the elite athletes and their injuries. So if you're going to get advice from somebody, I imagine that this is the uh, place that would give you the advice that you would need in order to continue playing the games or living the life uh, that you want to live. And uh, it's a uh, ideal circumstance. And so I went up there, eh, you know, waiting is part of the game as far as getting treated in, um, in, in the United States. There's a lot of waiting involved. And uh, my brother-in-law, Andrew, came and uh, waited with me until uh, I got the results and then he had to go. But uh, we both kind of were biting, uh, biting our lips and hoping that, uh, that it would be good news. And uh, no, no more delay. And it sounds good. She took my MRIs from China and the x-ray from China and uh, gave him a, a really critical analysis based on what she knows. And uh, her and her intern uh, uh, went through a series of exercises with me and uh, spoke with me on a very, jeez, uh, uh, on a level that I, I was like, okay, okay. Instead of just throwing out this or that, there was, there was uh, good dialogue, uh, a lot of question and answer, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, her understanding 100% what I was doing planning to do too, which was really important for her to know that I do plan to climb Mount Everest. I do uh, plan to cycle around the world. And knowing this and taking that into consideration is a huge, uh, a huge benefit because I, 
although I've dealt with some really good doctors in China, sometimes I may not have really been able to get them to understand the levity of what I plan to do. And uh, in this case, I am sure that they understood, she understood, and her intern even understood what uh, I was planning to do. And they actually adjusted the therapy and the diagnosis uh, and their recommendations based on that. As a matter of fact, they told me that they could still see the tears, obviously, in the, in the, old, uh, um, in the old scans. Uh, but they also said that MRIs are not the best uh, tool for seeing these types of things. I'm going to have an ultrasound on my knee, uh, which will probably be a little bit better um, in uh, next week. And so um, the, uh, the situation seems good. She said that uh, there's no surefire way to heal a meniscus. Uh, depending on where it is, uh, it could be something that I'm, I'm going to have to live with. But uh, in order to get me ready for Everest, which is an extreme uh, activity, she's gonna, she set me up with an appointment on, on Tuesday or Monday to have uh, steroid injections in my knee in a couple of spots that will tide me over for quite some time. And uh, the, the second important aspect is she's going to have me go to a, a DMC Sports Medicine Therapy Center where I will uh, sit down with some qualified individuals who will tell me how to best exercise my knee and to get it into shape so that I can climb Everest in March and from then on, you know, live a healthy lifestyle with, with my knee. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good that uh, I've got some good information and I've got some solutions. And those solutions don't involve <laughs> surgery. Um it's not like she said that I may never need surgery. Obviously, she uh, said that surgery might be necessary if, if I have a lot of scar tissue in my knee that builds up over time. But at this moment, um, it, it wasn't looking like uh, I needed surgery. And she said that, uh, you know, if I can live uh, according to certain guidelines that I'll be able to, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be able, Everest is not, uh, uh, is not out. <laughs> I didn't think Everest was going to be out. I didn't, that would be a, like a worst case scenario, but uh, I was a little nervous on how that might, um, how, how, how they might interpret that. So that's good. I'm excited. As a matter of fact, the doctor was really cool. She, uh, she said it was no problem for me to throw her name out and incorporate her into the story of, of this journey I'm taking. And, uh, yeah, it'll be good. Next week I'll start my therapy and then I will get the guidelines for the, my therapy and take that back with me to, uh, to China and uh, continue exercising that way while I'm in China. Good stuff. It was funny. I actually recorded the visit on my uh, iPhone uh, microphone memo recorder. And uh, me and my brother-in-law had a long, interesting talk about life and injury and uh, um, the new year and resetting of things. I told him that I was just talking about that in the podcast. And we both kind of reflected on our lives and what uh, kind of strife we've been dealt and what risk 
we have leveraged in order to get to where we are. And uh, that's kind of like the story of life, right? You leverage risk, you take the, the punches and you roll, roll with them as, as good as you can. And we all have a certain amount of strife and risk that we've had to deal with. And the way that we deal with that is the way that uh, dictates how our life goes. We can take negatives and make them uh, all-encompassing uh, negatives, or we can take them and twist them into your favor. And uh, it's all up to you and your perception of life and your perception of, uh, of, of, of everything that comes your way. Uh, negatives can be positives and positives can be twisted as negatives. It's all in, in your perception of things. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, this knee can morph itself into a, a positive, uh, in, in life and guide me in a way that maybe I wouldn't have necessarily done had my knee not been damaged. So it maybe gives me greater perspective and appreciation for what I'm doing. Uh, if I, if I went through this squeaky clean, uh, maybe I wouldn't be as appreciative of the, of the ultimate um, end of this whole thing, you know, or, or I wouldn't even be appreciative of the path. I, uh, working through problems and solving things along the way has, has been what makes uh, that uh, juice taste a little sweeter. Anyways, I'm not going to get too philosophical. Just uh, no, I'm I'm geeked and happy that I feeling good. Holiday, the new year is coming. Just after this new year, I'll get some steroids in my knee, and I'll be able to um, prepare for uh, getting up uh, and summiting Everest. Not amazing, summiting Everest. If you would have told Matt five years ago, <laughs> he'd be summiting Everest uh, or attempting to summit Everest. He. Uh, You'd think you were crazy. But he might also say Jayo. And I'll leave that with this. Uh, good appointment. I'll uh, probably do a couple more of these or at least one more before I uh, leave the States bound for China again and uh, wrap this up. And uh, so far, I'm, I'm really enjoying being here and enjoying my time with my family. So you enjoy your new year. Make sure you live life to the fullest and uh, set those goals and achieve those uh, heights as much as you can and uh, live a Jayo lifestyle. Add fuel and uh, don't stop. Just keep moving forward. Don't quit. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Happy holidays. I'll catch you on the other side. Jayo. The Jayo Nation is a podcast about Matt as he travels around the world on his recumbent trike or does not travel around the world on a trike and uh, attempts to do amazing stunts and things around the world. Uh, if you want to check out more on uh, the Jayo World Tour or see what he's up to, you can look at my life. My, I'm talking to myself in third person. Anyways, you can talk about him or me, or, or you can check in on him or me by simply looking at his website, jayo.com, J-A-Y-O-E dot com or uh, if you like social media you can go direct to his aka my uh, facebook at jayo life j-a-y-o-e-l-i-f-e dot com and uh, see what he's up to i-e me <laughs> see what i'm up to and uh, keep in touch 
appreciate everybody involved in the journey and uh, everybody that has supported me up until now. And uh, I promise not to disappoint. Jai Young.